This episode is brought to you by Levitt Pavilion. This summer, check out one of my favorite outdoor concert venues in Denver, Levitt Pavilion. May through October, Levitt is offering ticketed and totally free all-ages concerts. I feel like we just go to anything that's free because it's like the kids can be at the show and it's people aren't weird about it and you can like bring a picnic. It's awesome. Some of the free shows this season include Is Kali, Melvin Seals, War and Treaty, Sunny War, Chali Tuna, and more. To RSVP for free shows and buy tickets, plus see the full concert schedule, go to levittdenver.org. That's levittdenver.org. Today on CityCast Denver. It's never not concert season in Colorado. And even though it's only been around for five years, Levitt Pavilion has already become a summer live music tradition that exists right here in our own backyard. Today on the show, I talk with two longtime local music cheerleaders, Levitt's interim executive director, Andy Thomas, and Jesse Witten, who handles marketing and development, about why this amazing stage turning five is a big dang deal for Denver. Today is Thursday, July 21st, 2022. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. Is it me too? Am I glitching? You were glitching for a second on my end, but hold on. Andy, will you just say hello one more time? Oh no, it's bad. No. Jesse Witten and Andy Thomas, welcome to CityCast Denver. Thanks, Bree. Thanks for having us. Hey, Bree. <laughs> hey. Um, I'm so happy to have you guys. Thanks for joining me today. Of course. So for someone who's never been to Levitt Pavilion, what's it all about? I mean, you know, the tagline of Levitt is community through music. I, I, I think that's kind of what I've been telling people recently is, you know, we're not in the music industry game. We're in the you know, we're, we're promoting and we're selling community and that experience that comes with it. So, you know, physically, it's a large outdoor space that's in Ruby Hill Park. Uh, it's a gathering place, not only for that neighborhood, but for the city of Denver. And there's music there. So not to diminish the music part in any, you know, in any way, but it is all about community and connection and, and that we do that through music. So what you're kind of saying, too, I think, is that like it's not a tr- quote unquote traditional venue and that it's not run and operated by one of like our giants like AEG or Live Nation. It, it's I mean, you're bringing people the same kind of experience that you would get at a other any other music venue. But the focus for Levitt itself is the community aspect. I think that's the best part of Levitt Pavilion Denver is we're the best of both worlds of having a free show and, you know, Colorado does a great job at providing free events. And that typically means, you know, community getting together. There's someone with a guitar having a good time. But as you said, we do put on the same kind of event as some of the big dogs in town. We're putting on really high caliber shows, but with a different priority set. Like we are an all ages venue. We allow you to bring in your own food so you can have a truly free, uh, no financial barriers experience while also getting the best sound lights and talent on stage that you possibly can. Yeah. And I, I love that about it. And I'm just thinking about somebody who's wandering into Levitt Pavilion. Maybe they live in the neighborhood or maybe they just heard a concert going on and they don't know any of that, but they're 
walking into a free show, which is awesome. Well, I, I love that. We actually did. We had a guy biking through the park the other day, just biking through Ruby Hill Park. He had other things on his docket for the day. And he said, what? What's going on here? I said, oh, it's a free show. And he said, wait, so I can come in? I said, yeah, it's a free show. You can come on in. And his whole day changed. He went and saw an amazing concert when he didn't even plan on it. So just walking through the park one day, you can just have like a really fun spectacle evening. Well, and I think that kind of takes the pressure off of, you know, when you plan to go to a big concert, whether it's Red Rocks or any of these really big outdoor amphitheaters or outdoor venues, like it's a night, you know, you have to really plan and you have to save and all these things. And we, I know a couple that lives in Ruby Hill who just comes down to eat dinner at the food trucks, you know, like if they have 20 minutes and they don't know what to cook, they'll literally walk down, get, uh, yeah, food from the food trucks, grab a beer and sit on the lawn. Like that's, that's low pressure. And that means that you can experience Levitt in kind of any way that you want without having to, like I said, set aside five hours of your evening. I love that low pressure idea too, because, um, you know, as Denver has grown, we've a lot of wonderful things have come out of it, but part of it is things are a little bit more cumbersome to do. <laughs> you know, like, uh-huh. like you're saying the planning, the financial constraints, sometimes, um, they're just, it's a little bit higher stakes. So when there's that space for folks to say like, you know what I mean? You don't have to plan six months in advance to make sure you get to this show. It also leaves room for folks to discover new music, which I think both of you are super also like me. It's a big part of it is music discovery. I think that's what's so exciting about have it being having it be so low stakes is you can see a name on a schedule, not have any idea who they are and know that you're not losing anything by going. You're not paying for a babysitter. You can bring the kids along. They're, they're going to be safe. They're going to be rolling down that hill on Ruby Hill Park. Uh, and you're going to be hearing something for the first time. It could be your next favorite band. And that's happened to me yes. at Levitt over the years. And it's just this amazing moment where you can really discover the the power of music to me is always that it is something that can expand your worldview and Levitt does that by booking new talent, diverse talent, and you can come and experience these things without really stressing yourself out financially or with all of the planning that goes into it. You don't have to hike up a couple miles to go see an outdoor show like some other incredible venues in our state. Um, and speaking of that, I mean, we're kind of talking about it right now, but how has the neighborhood reacted or sort of how does the venue fit into Ruby Hill? I think we've heard, I mean, I, I've literally heard from community members as early as this week. I mean, we had a meeting with some community members this week and they stressed that it's like, it's become a gathering place for them and it's, it's allowed them to meet their neighbors. I mean, especially after COVID, all of us are guilty of kind of like shutting off and isolating um, without a place to go, especially we saw how kind of reserved we can all get, but I think the people in Ruby Hill, like multiple people from Ruby Hill have said they know their neighbors better because of Levitt. Like whether it's the couple that's coming down to get dinner or they've had their community meetings like at Levitt. And that was the intention of Levitt. And that's why I keep stressing that the music thing is important, but the community aspect of it is the primary thing that we're trying to push. This episode is brought to you by the Colorado Wine Board. Because the wine community here is like surprisingly robust. I mean, think about Bigsby's Folly and Infinite Monkey Theorem here in Denver alone. And there are urban wineries all across the Front Range. Then there's the Western Slope, Peonia, I mean, Palisade, hello, Palisade Wine, are you kidding me? It didn't used to really be a thing, but from what I hear, it's very much a thing now. 
There are more than 165 wineries across Colorado to explore, and they produce all sorts of wine that reflect our unique culture and climate. So finding a label that you're going to love is easy, no matter where your adventure takes you. Discover it for yourself and support local winemakers at coloradowine.com. That's coloradowine.com. Speaking of the community thing, um, something that's very clear to me is the focus on incorporating local musicians and local artists into the lineups at Levitt. So you do have some exclusively local shows. You also put local acts on with national acts. What is the role of local artists at Levitt Pavilion? Levitt sees ourselves as having a central responsibility to supporting our local music scene because when we give opportunities to local artists it just makes their lifestyle and their creativity more sustainable so that they can ultimately make our entire state a more creative exciting and vibrant place to live we really believe in the value of artists in our community creating and being able to have that be an actual sustainable profession. So Levitt really makes it a priority. And we are also just lucky that the talent in Colorado is at such an incredible caliber that not only are we putting local bands on opening slots for these national and international band uh, lineups, we are giving them full festivals. We give Iskali an entire festival every year to book local bands, and it's always a highlight of the season. And we just hit a uh, an attendance record the other day with another local band, Shakedown Street. So we're building this real class of music lovers of the Colorado music scene, which is something we're so proud of. I love that, too, because I've had uh, Miguel on the show before from Iskali, and his... He just has a vision for how Denver can be a place that embraces and supports artists and also creates these intersectional experiences where folks can hear music and art that they wouldn't normally come across. For him, it's Spanish-speaking music and, and music that speaks to folks who speak Spanish, but also the crossover of other folks who maybe had not been introduced to that music before. And I think it's so important that we provide these, like playing at Levitt is a cool opportunity, but it's a big opportunity. It's a big stage. It's a potential for thousands of people to see you. That's not the thing. That's not the option that a lot of local musicians get in other uh, sort of venues. You know what I mean? Yeah. I yeah. mean, I can speak to that as, and Brie, you can too. I mean, Without naming names, there are multiple clubs across the country that just don't want you there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's name names. What? Uh, no, I got a list. Trust me. But like you show up to a club in any city in America and there's a chance that like, especially as like an unknown artist or even even here in Denver as a local artist, like you just don't feel valued. And that's a bummer because like being in a band is hard, especially an unknown band. Like you have to really work and hustle. So let it not only wants you there, but like wants to make you feel valued there. And that includes, you know, artists like is Callie and Miguel. And we've heard multiple times and from Miguel. And he said this, that like, we, we trust him, you know, like we trust him to do his thing. And like, we value and we trust the kind of music that he's uh, presenting. We value the partners he has. Like it's, it's a, it's a bummer that that's such a novel concept because it shouldn't be, you know, like, oh, we have to value the artist. We have to treat the artist <laughs> with respect. That's a rare thing. That's too bad because that's what this is all about is, is the music and the artist. So 
our community is Ruby Hill and it's Denver, but we always stress that like our community is, is musicians as well, especially local ones. It was one of the reasons I was really drawn to Levitt Pavilion, and I have a background in music curation. And when when I got to Levitt, I had my list of artists. I was like, we have to get them on the stage. And since then, we have. Uh, Nina DeFreitas was like the first artist that I told I was taking a job at Levitt. I said, girl, we're getting you on the stage. And then there was Naoma, and then there was Joseph Lamar, and they've all come and had these incredible experiences and gotten fans. And this is maybe my favorite moment is... I've, I've worked in radio over the years, but working in a live music setting, you see the switch flip and you talk to the audience members. And I talked to a couple that were in their 70s. They are new music lovers. They hadn't seen a live show more than two times in their whole life until Levitt Pavilion opened. And they just became new fans of Joseph Lamar. And how would that have happened otherwise than if they were coming for a, a little quaint park concert and happen to see this incredible innovative talent i know i was gonna say when we think of like free concert in a park you're not thinking of someone as just like deeply complex as joseph lamar's work is like he's such an incredible singer but his videos tell stories his perform his live performances are the a thing unto themselves and i can see someone seeing joseph lamar and Going, this is local. <laughs> exactly. Like, this is so good. It's local. And you and I and Andy being like, um, y- yes. Yeah. This is how amazing our local music community is. Literally, we were asked that question dozens of times that night. And it was just amazing <laughs> to see them drop their jaw and realize, oh, Colorado music scene is so much bigger than I thought it was. And we we expand that definition with every show. And I'm just really proud that we get to do that. Sure. Well, speaking of long term, um, I'm talking to you both because you're celebrating five years of Levitt being open to the public and hosting these wonderful shows. What are you both looking forward to in the future for Levitt Pavilion? I I think as someone who's been on both sides of it, I was uh, a member of the media who was excited about the concept of Levitt. And then I was a patron of Levitt. And now I'm an employee of Levitt. I'm a director in this space. And in the time that I've been on the outside and then the time that I've been the inside, I've seen so much growth. And I've seen the ethos of this nonprofit just be something all of Colorado can be proud of. We're a venue that's truly dedicated to respecting artists and respecting patrons and respecting community members so that they can be truly welcome in a space without having to ration their arts experiences. Because that's something I've always dedicated my career to is making sure that people have access to arts. And Levitt is doing that in such a direct way that has such limitless potential, just making the experience more comfortable, more lavish, (laughs) more accessible. There are so many ways that we can continue to serve people with accessibility needs to continue to book bigger bands that fully people could not afford tickets if it wasn't at Levitt Pavilion Denver. So there are small ways, big ways that we can grow into the future. And I see those with every show. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. Five years in the great scheme of things isn't that long. I mean, if you look at like, you know, some of these venues that we've had, including you know, like the Ogden and the Bluebird and we're talking about Red Rocks, like these are venues that have been around for decades and Red Rocks, you know, even longer than that, for sure. So we're still 
in, in our infancy and we're still kind of experiencing growing pains. And I think we're going to continue to get better. And that's the exciting thing. And, and I think about that a lot too. Like to Jesse's point, we've learned a lot in five years, but I just think there's so much more we can do. And from someone who worked at the venue when we first opened, just to continually trying to tell people like, oh, it's called Levitt. Oh, you've never heard of it. Oh, it's in Ruby Hill. You've never heard of that either. You know, <laughs> to actually get to the point where, I mean, people not only know when I mention Levitt, but it were like, oh, I was just there or I'm going next week. You know, it's exciting. I want us to be a household name. And I, we keep bringing up Red Rocks. We're up against and competing with like the most beautiful, well-known venue in the world. And we're never going to be as well-known as Red Rocks. But I just want locally for people to know, you know, what we are and for what we stand for. And I think that's the important thing. Like we want to be synonymous with kind of the alternative to a lot of these options where people go because they want to experience free music. Yeah, no, totally. I feel you. And I think that that's the thing is like, no one's trying to be Red Rocks, but you are offering another outdoor summer concert experience. And if there's anything that all of us know, it's that folks come to Colorado for that very thing. They come here for music and they come here to do stuff outdoors. That's what you're offering. You know what I mean? It's and it's per, it's just it's perfect to me. Also, you can get there by bus. You can get there by bike. Like it's all of those things that um, can be difficult in uh, for other venues. And so I'm so excited that this is like a summer um, tradition that we get to have. You know, we get to go to Levitt a couple times a year for shows and have a nice dinner, hang out with our friends, you know, sit out on a blanket. It's like it's ideal to me. It's so perfect. It is exciting to see generations partake yes. in Levitt. And we're just five years old, but Levitt Pavilion is a part of a network. And Andy's heard me tell this story before, but I, I think it's a great story. Is that my parents are from Westport, Connecticut, where the first <laughs> Levitt Pavilion was established in the 70s. And my parents' first dates were at a Levitt Pavilion. Oh, wow. Because my mom was unemployed in high school. My dad was a barnacle scraper. And... So free concerts was it. <laughs> well, Jesse Witten and Andy Thomas, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Bree. Thank you, Bree. We appreciate it. We hope to see you on the lawn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we totally will be there. And here's what else Denverites are talking about. An investigation into the police shooting in Lodo over the weekend continues. Denver police held a press conference yesterday defending the actions of three police officers who shot into a crowd, injuring seven people, including a man who reportedly had a gun. According to the Denver Post, witnesses say they were not warned by police before shots were fired. The three officers involved are currently on leave. Media outlets have requested body cam footage from the incident, but DPD is refusing to release it, citing this as an ongoing investigation. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See you later.